how long can you sit on that rock shelf and wait? Surely longer than I have patience for. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. There are some places in the Maine woods that seem absolutely, fantastically magical. There is that mossy trail down by the ocean with a stately spruce grove where you wander among glacial erratics and over the most pristine carpet of moss I've ever seen. There is that spring, crystal clear, deep, seemingly colder than the ocean in February, with a bottom covered in fine white sand that appears out of nowhere, where balsam fir trees meet white cedars and scarcely a trail takes you there. And then there's that lovely pond whose clean, pure waters lap effortlessly against granite cliffs covered in common toadskin lichen on one side, and the evergreen feet of a mountain on the other. All of these places, and countless others, hold weight and awe in my mind, and every time I return to them, I notice something marvelous. One sweltering July day, when I went up to the aforementioned pond, I swam up to those lichen-covered cliffs with the intention of climbing up to jump in, only to be faced with the largest spider I've ever seen staring at me unblinking with its eight eyes, a fishing spider. Now a quick note on these spiders and their kin. I have often heard some confusion in common names with folks calling these spiders either tarantulas or wolf spiders. Fishing spiders are a distinct genus of arachnid, different from either of those two. While tarantulas are native to North America, those massive spiders live predominantly in the desert southwest and not anywhere near the northeast. Wolf spiders, on the other hand, do live in New England, right alongside fishing spiders, but the former tends to live a largely terrestrial life in stumps, caves, and cellars, and the latter prefers to lounge alongside rivers, streams, and ponds. Also, fishing spiders lack the distinct single line of coloration along their bodies that wolf spiders have. Fishing spiders are very large, with their bodies measuring upwards of an inch long and their leg span being as large as five inches. Their coloration is widely variable, though typically in mottled hues of grays, tans, and browns. Being spiders, fishing spiders have eight legs and eight eyes. Their eyes are somewhat on the small side and arranged in two rows of four. Their legs are hairy and they use those hairs to detect movement around them. There is a common misconception that spiders are all venomous. While it is true that many spiders do carry venom, we only have two spiders native to North America that are dangerously venomous to humans, the brown recluse and the black widow, neither of which are native to Maine. Fishing spiders are equipped with venom which has specifically evolved to serve as a neurotoxin to vertebrate prey such as fish. While it has not been documented to be of much risk to humans, spider venom is not considered to be well-studied in humans, and so the risks of possible allergic reaction are not known. In short, even if you might have the courage to try to handle one of these lakeside giants, I certainly do not, for your own safety, please don't. Their vertebrate-specific venom and hunting strategies is rather unique among spiders. Fishing spiders are one of only 18 spider species known to eat fish. In addition to fish, they will also eat tadpoles, dragonfly larvae, aquatic beetles, and just about any other terrestrial invertebrate that crosses their path. They have also been documented running across the surface of the water with elegant long legs and even diving underwater in search of their prey. Thanks to their neurotoxin venom, they're able to take down vertebrates up to five times their own body weight. 
That would be like an average human male taking down barehanded and consuming an entire large moose. While I don't believe that there is any real phenological reason for why I tend to see these spiders at the sides of ponds sunning themselves on rocks, especially in July and August, perhaps the real phenological significance is simply that I need some respite from the midsummer heat and take refuge in the exact same places favored by these large spiders. So this weekend, if you happen to be in search of a new favorite swimming hole, keep an eye to the water's edge for a fishing spider as it patiently waits for its prey to come to it. While they may be intimidating for their size, fear not. In the wise words of the Who, maybe he's as scared as me. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Phonology.